Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. is the main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your master of ceremonies, former radio man, a lifelong wrestling fan, Fig Hunter, and the father of six cats, I am Troy. And my co-host, he's a coffee lover, figure collector, and he's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia. He is the violent J to my shaggy Tudo, putting asses on them bikes, is Greg. What's up, man? Now you tick me off. (laughs) Starting right off with the ICP reference. Good lord, man! You gotta tick a dude off, but what's up? Yeah, yeah. This is well. If you want ticked off more, ladies and gentlemen, today we are reviewing WCW Road Wild 1999, and we're not reviewing this because you know we talked about this when we first started. We haven't really done any 
I mean, we've done some boring shows that we've had to spice up. I don't think we've done any bad shows since we well, started. Well, at least we? no, at least no bad out of like, uh, like ironic, like oh, let's just do this one because it's so terrible. But right. yeah, but no, yeah, we haven't. Yeah, so this uh -huh. is like our first, like, holy crap, this is so bad. And I picked this show not because necessarily it was bad, but I figured. Well, it'd be funny to review because I don't know. I didn't know the show off the top of my head. I just knew Road Wild. It's got to be terrible. I I didn't know everything, but I was like, oh, that's the one where Rodman's there. That might be a fun <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there's plenty to talk about there. I'm, I'm and... sorry. If I'm a little liberal with that word fun, by the way. <laughs> well, it's WCW 1999. So, you know, towards the end of 99. So, Bad is kind of just like where they're sitting right now. <laughs> it's and, only going to get worse, folks. <laughs> yeah. This is probably uh, the highlight of the bad. Yeah. If that, which, ma if that makes sense. Which is sad. And we'll, we'll get into everything. I also wanted to cover it because it's the final show in Sturgis for WCW. So oh. I know this this is a historic moment. I liked when, when they found out Eric Bischoff would be running quote-unquote, running SmackDown for, you know, a whole 83 days. <laughs> and uh, Conrad said something to him about, you know, the the Hogwild and Roadwild pay-per-views, and he hated the Sturgis idea, whatever, and he was like, well, you never know, we could do such or that, and he was like, please, God, do not have SmackDown at a motorcycle rally, for all things oh, only. <laughs> this Bring it to show. Alabama! Oh, my God. Yeah, this, this environment sucked. The show kind of sucked. Well, not kind of. It sucked. And and we're going to get into all of that right uh, here. Real quick, though. I mean, you know, I like to try to find positives and things. Yeah. I, I think the visual overhead looked kind of cool. Like the right. black the black hills in the background and all that. It was a, it was a cool looking setting. And then, it like, was, yeah. the actual event happened. I mean, I just, don't get me wrong, I'm not like, I, yeah. Right. Uh, the bikes and stuff were obviously overkill, but in keeping with uh, Sturgis. But if you look at the overhead shots of like the helicopter shots, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that, it was that's a, where it stops. So <laughs> it was a decent visual. But when you think about everything for like five seconds, you're like, what the hell are we doing here? Oh, right. So it was. Yeah, but we'll get into all that more deeply. I didn't recently, by the way, if you want to listen to something that happened just a couple months before this or. A month before this, I should say. Uh, go back and listen to our ECW Heat Wave 1999 episode. There's lots of news and notes on there. So a lot of the stuff from there, some of it is carrying over that we're going to be talking about right now. And then there is some new stuff. So it's it's definitely a good companion piece for the time period. And I'll tell you, Heat Wave 99 was much better than this. This was just... God, dark. how weird does that sound? I know, right? I'd rather like, watch ECW Heat Wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was... Good Lord, I cracked myself up just thinking about it. I'm like, said no one ever. Until now. And <laughs> it, you know what? I'm not even being, like, facetious. It was the better job. Yeah, yeah. It, clearly, easily. There's a couple of moments on here, though. We'll get to that, but... Right. We'll return after these messages. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. 
the perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Now, back to our program. Well, first of all, this is around the time the WWF has officially changed its corporate name from Titan Sports Incorporated to World Wrestling Federation Entertainment Incorporated and announced that it has filed papers to go public. So they were about to go public. And this was around the time that I can't remember if it was J.R. or Bruce Pritchard. One of them was saying it's like people kept coming up to him and was like, hey, about to go public. You're about to be rich. And he's like, yeah, whatever. OK. And then like down the line, he's like, holy crap, I. I have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, those uh, stockholders will do that for you. Yep. There's it, a couple it, obvious jokes in there that I'm going to just overlook. but Right. Yeah, this um, this was a big thing, big historic thing for, for the WWE. At the most historic the WWF. days in the history of our sport, yes. <laughs> Lord, that was not said by Tony Schiavone on the show, though. Thank God. Uh, well, because, but but yet it was because it was the last show, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Oh. We're out of here. I, I literally thank God. Trust me. It's like, thank you for this. No more. No more. Yeah, thank no you for more. no more road wild. <laughs> the Kansas City Police Department has completed their criminal investigation into the Owen Hart death from just, you know, not too long ago. And no charges will be filed. This wasn't even a full three months after the tragic death of Owen Hart. So Vince McMahon is still doing interviews about it on like TSN and places like that. Probably so. getting dragged around on TSN, too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they didn't pull any punches with him. That's that's for sure. And I mean, we know this isn't the end of it. Martha Hart would file a wrongful death lawsuit. And I think she won, didn't she? Didn't they I'm, say that on? I'm pretty sure they settled, but that's good. Yeah. enough. Yeah. So she she got enough money out of it. She said it was just enough money. She started the Owen Hart Foundation. So, I mean, some good came about it. And. Like we we pumped this show many times. Definitely go back and watch season two of Dark Side of the Ring. They did an amazing episode. If anybody has any bad thoughts on Martha Hart and has any weird feelings about the kids and how they're feeling, go back. They talk about their feelings themselves and you get a whole new perspective on it. Some of the stuff was very um, eye opening for me. I don't know about you. It was tough to watch. It was. But you definitely get a sense of why Martha and her kids feel the way they do. Also, Vince McMahon is doing press around this time, promoting then Minnesota governor Jesse Ventura will be the special guest referee for the main event at the upcoming SummerSlam show. And it's going to be a big historic thing. What was the main event? I off the top of my head. I can't remember. That he it was, um, it was Austin triple H and McFoley. Oh, well, there you go. We'll, we'll have to review that sometime in the future. just because of the historic, you know, nature of this Jesse around this time was also getting tons and tons of questions. How are you getting paid? What are you doing with the money? Why are you doing this? You're a sitting governor and just, he's being dragged daily in the press for doing this. Well, didn't he run as like an independent? 
I don't remember. I feel like he did. Head. And I feel like that was a huge thing. Like no one liked that an independent won that. Yeah, it was shocking. And it's not like, I mean, he's Jesse, the body Ventura, sure. Historic. And you know, he's, he's legendary and all that. But at the same time, you got to think he'd been out of the limelight for a long time with wrestling when he ran and won the governorship. So it's not like it was fresh in everybody's mind. Like, Oh yeah, I saw you in the garden, you know? I think a lot of people remember too that he like literally just sued them like a couple years prior. Right. Yeah, and Uncle Dave in the uh Wrestling Observer newsletter made sure to point out all the things that, you know, now that he has a deal signed with WWF, all the about faces on issues that, that Ventura had been doing in the press. And apparently I didn't all- mean any of it. <laughs> right. Well, apparently he also supposedly got paid about a hundred grand that he said he would be donating to charity in full. And I don't know if it came out after that or if Dave was saying that one of the, but they were saying it's like, well, he got paid much more than a hundred grand to do this. So not all that money's going to charity, but again, speculation, I I believe I haven't seen, you know, anything official about it. Speaking of lawsuits, by the way, uh, the lawsuit filed by Sable against the WWF was officially settled out of court. Both sides agreed to keep the terms confidential and to not badmouth each other in public. The WWF implied that Rena Mero or Sable, whatever you want to call her, would get no money from them and that the WWF would continue to own the Sable name. For those of you that didn't listen to the Heatwave 99 episode, Rena Mero sued the WWF for the rights to use the name Sable outside of them when she's no longer under contract. And they said, nah, because that makes sense. Right. Well, her thing was she had signed a Playboy deal as Sable. And if they wouldn't let her use the name Sable, they could not release Playboy as, oh, here's Sable. They had to release it as, here's Rena Merrill. And, you know, the name identity just isn't there. And if they did use Sable, then she would have to share some of that Playboy money with the WWF. And she didn't want to do that. But it would appear that that's what happened. She had to, you know, uh, settle, use the name Sable, and then share that money with the WWF. Here's something I wanted to ask you about, because you'd remember more than I, I, I probably have seen this show, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. WWF Fully Loaded is in the books, and Uncle Dave said it was the best pay-per-view from any company in months. Yeah, it was it was really good. Was that the was that the Rock and Triple H strap match? Oh, hell, I don't know. <laughs> I think that was that one. <laughs> I should have looked it up, but I don't know. That was that was a good one. Yeah, yeah I, I think. Man. Because this show that we're doing is so fresh in my mind right now. So, uh, right, right. Who was the champion at that time? Oh, shoot. oh uh, Austin was. He beat the Undertaker on Raw for it. Oh, I think yeah. That was. Yeah. I think that was a rematch. Right. Was that the uh, one? I think that was the one where. Um, right after. If he ring, if ring. he beats Undertaker, Vince McMahon's gone forever, bro. Gone forever, bro. But if he loses, he never gets a shot at the title again. If I remember correctly, that's what it is. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good show. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, those two matches I remember, but well, Dave had said not much newsworthy out of the show, just really good matches, clean finishes, and well done angles. So uh, take that for what you will. But something historic that did well, Dave happen. Dave said it, so I believe it. <laughs> something historic that did happen during the Sunday Night Heat pre-show. Triple H cut a worked shoot promo on Jim Ross. This is where he gets the game nickname. So epic promo. Yeah, pretty historic stuff around this time uh, to to keep an eye, you know, to uh, 
talk about. Go so. watch that promo if anyone hasn't. It's amazing. Yes. Something that uh, it was not historic that just went away during this time. WWF is canceling its Super Astros show, and it will be scrapping the Lucha Libre division entirely. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> what the hell? I didn't like many people, obviously, didn't even know Super Astros was a thing. I think it was on uh, Univision, but I, I don't know. Or Univision, if you're white. I think it was just a uh, <laughs> I think it was just a partnership. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was supposed to be a thing where they used like it was a WWF show, but they used AAA talent. And yeah, it, it didn't really didn't really go anywhere. So uh, Bruce, Bruce Pritchard talked about it a little bit, and he said he was heavily involved because he speaks Spanish and he knows some of the, the people that ran or he, he communicated with people from AAA and stuff like that. So I don't know. Crash Holly debuted this month in WWF. Hell yeah. That's that's straight huge. out of APW in, in uh, my city. Hayward, California. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Oh, well. well, you know, Greg, he was allegedly well over 400 pounds. I, I don't know what you mean. Allegedly, it's clear as day. If, that's what I love. He just, his gimmick was he carried around a scale and he said, I'm <laughs> allegedly prove, well over 400 to pounds. To prove he's over 400 pounds. Yeah. Good Lord. Stevie Richards also signs with the WWF this month. He would soon come in and do the right to censor crap. You, you know, know I, I hated it. But at the same time, looking back at it, I thought that was really good. Yeah. I mean, the gimmick was different. You know, it was the whole thing was a troll. Like they were trolling. There was there was a I think it was PTC. Yeah. Like parent teacher co uh, coalition or something like that. So they were trolling them because they kept they kept up at WWF every week about the, the content on Raw and SmackDown. Well, not SmackDown during this time, <laughs> yeah. but on Raw. And it was a big you know, thing because, you know, you can't just turn the TV off and tell your kid, you know, don't watch this. Yeah. Don't be a responsible parent and say, quit watching this. Like, yeah. Is it filthy? Sure. But eh, I don't know. I've always been one of them. Like on Facebook, if I don't like it, I just keep scrolling and ignore you. I, I don't know. That's that's a forgotten con. They're a lost concept on a lot of people. I've, I, I have friends with kids and I've literally watched them say no. OK, and that's it. That's yeah. it. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> not right. Not write notes. You know, not go all Karen to. Yeah, how dare you let others watch this? <laughs> Good Lord. If, my, if I don't like it for my kid, no one can like it ever. Yeah. Well, here's something else that the PTC probably didn't like is that Jerry Lawler is continuing to get a lot more mainstream coverage for his mayoral campaign in Memphis. That's a thing. He ran for mayor. Uh, for Why would he need to be mayor of Memphis? He was king of Memphis. You know, Elvis exactly. Who? Yeah, why why take a downgrade? Uh, but I guess because you get paid for that, and kings make no money. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that, that that's a good point. I don't know. Well, he was making plenty of money, uh, you know, yelling puppies every week on Monday nights. So why does he need mayor money? But for sure those mayor money is probably little, anyways. <laughs> for those of you that didn't listen to my uh, to the uh, Heat Wave '99 episode. He already got dragged in the public for having scantily clad pictures of his then girlfriend, wife, whatever, Stacy, uh, the cat, on his uh, official website. Well, here he's been giving 
speeches talking about bringing the WWE, bringing WWF wrestlers to speak at schools. He's been giving away free WWF tickets to students with good attendance and academic records and doing things like that. Hey, kids, this you is to what... watch Sable Strip? Yeah. <laughs> I'm this done. When, this is when wrestling was really hot, too. Like, super, like, white, hot, like, what's the word? White hot. Yeah, they didn't and have to give those, away anything. Those tickets were probably hard to come by and very expensive. So people right. need to realize he was giving out, I'm not going to say gold, but a lot. Yeah. Oh, he, he yeah, he definitely was. Getting to go to Raw was a big deal. Oh, this one. I got some injury news here. Randy Savage injured Evan Courageous with his elbow drop off the top rope, making that the third person in the last few months that he has hurt with that move. Due to Savage's hip and knee problems, he's been landing with a lot more of his weight on his opponent's chest when doing the move, which is leading to guys getting hurt. Okay, let's start from the top here. Why the hell is Macho Man wrestling Evan Courageous? I've completely missed that part of the story, but you're right. I might be burying the lead. I I mean, why? <laughs> I can't think of one damn good reason. I just, ugh. But yeah, I, I, this, this was a, a confirmed thing at this time. DDP talked about after he took the elbow drop, he peed blood for like a week. Oh, man. Yeah, so maybe no, Macho should have... There was no DDP yoga at the yeah, I know. I'm Maybe only partially. I'm, I'm also only partially joking when I say that. I mean, there wasn't, but that I've heard is a miracle for like a lot of people. That might have helped. Right. Them. I don't know if it's <sighs> going to help you not pee blood, but yeah, no, I right. meant the I meant the hip. <laughs> <in> the <background. laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, I, I mean, Macho Man really should have like switched it up a little bit at this point. Later on, he starts using the uh, the double axe handle. He really should have switched to that because. I, I remember Eric Bischoff trolling Hogan. He was like, yeah, maybe if you wouldn't have done that damn leg drop all them years, maybe you'd still have a decent back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> also, David Finley or Fit Finley uh, suffered a severe leg injury at a house show, having a piece of table slice through his legs so deep that you could see the bone and it severed some tendons. He was bleeding like cra- oh, God, he was bleeding like crazy and needed surgery and it was thought to possibly be a career ender. It did. It kind of was. He yeah. Doesn't even come back until what? Late 05, early 06 with WWE. Yeah. And and they said he he had lingering issues with drop foot because of all that. Mm. So that was he he switched to the hardcore stuff in WCW man and that's what happened. I mean Which is like stupid because you do that when you have nothing else. This guy's like an amazing wrestler. Yeah, but he's uh, just yeah. an amazing wrestler, Greg. Why we can't sell that. Yeah, right. Didn't he come out in like baggy pants and crap at this time too? I think he started wearing camo pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. So so yes. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um Yeah. Conan had a concussion and a neck injury from Shaggy Two Dope from the Insane Clown Posse, doing a leg drop on him from the top rope and landing with his butt right on Conan's head. And Shaggy's still alive to this day, which means Conan must have been okay with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Conan, man, I wonder if there was a receipt. That's all I got. I'm wondering of. Well, the reason he might not have killed him at the time, by the way, speaking of Conan, he was arrested as he got off a plane in San Diego for felony charges of threatening a flight attendant during the flight. He was released the next morning on bond. Wow. I never heard yeah. that. 
Neither had I. So that's why I was like, well, that's different. I'll put that in the news. <laughs> when was this? Uh, August of 99. So the filthy animals are a thing, right? Yes. Now that I think about it, when I was watching back 99, he was MIA for a long time. And it just became Mysterio and Kidman. And we're not talking about the misfits in action. Right? No, that's a whole different ball <laughs> of awesome. But um, God, you're being liberal today. <laughs> But now I was thinking about it. he was missing for a long time. Like when I say a long time, okay, maybe I'm overdoing it, but like a month or two. A while, yeah. Yeah, and okay, I just yeah. thought he was hurt. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, he was hurt because of Shaggy, but he also, yeah, threatened a flight attendant. So there you go. Chris Jericho's last match in WCW took place at a house show in Peoria, Illinois, because we all want to go out there. Jericho team. Do we go eight- there at all? No. Okay. I thought maybe we passed through doing our, no. doing our, doing our fake hunts. I don't... Yeah. For all of you that don't know, we went to survivor series last year and in, in, in Chicago. So that's, that's what he's referencing. It was uh, context. It's King. Pal. Sorry. God dang it. Uh, but Jericho teamed with Eddie Guerrero against Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman. And before the match, he said that he'd leave WCW if he got pinned. So of course he got pinned. So there you go. Uh, uh, I hope he goes on and does some big stuff. I just, yeah, I know. I, I know he always had aspirations of being a musician, so maybe that'll pan out for him. Chris Jericho also made his WWF debut this month during the Rocks promo. So there's that. I guess, you know, he didn't maybe suffer the, any. Maybe the greatest debut in history. Maybe. Uh, it's up there. I'll say that for sure. And I love the countdown clock. I love the promo. I love the silly expressions on his face. The crowd blew their crap. Love it. According to... um. Hugh Morris, Bill DeMott, uh, they were all watching Raw on a monitor in the back at, at Nitro this night. Wow. And they were going crazy for him. <laughs> and he said a lot of guys were jealous because he got the hell off the, the sinking ship. <laughs> wow. wow. Nice. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'd be I don't happy for I know why I always like that story. I'm like, oh, they're at Nitro. They're doing their own show. But screw that. Let's watch the other show in the back and see what Jericho's doing. <laughs> right. It's like, hey, is Jericho doing something tonight? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw him in the ring with their big, one of their biggest stars. You know, no big deal. But. Right. The wrestling documentary, tentatively titled Hitting the Mat, is scheduled to come out in October. It mostly focuses on Mick Foley, Jake Roberts, and Terry Funk. This obviously became Beyond the Mat, which I is depressing as all hell, but I think is one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time and a must-watch. Yeah, I um, I think I've seen it twice. Pretty, It's pretty decent. I rented it multiple times back when you know renting videotapes was a thing what's a videotape <laughs> for all of you out there throw vhs in your google machine there you go here's something very uncomfortable man that has to do with the show it'll come into play later on tv to build up their feud i don't know if you remember this buff bagwell came out in blackface to cut a promo imitating <sighs> ernest miller i i remember it because uh I was doing some like research on this show. I'm like, oh, what else was going on? And that's a a pick. I was like looking up stuff on Bing. And uh, Bing. <laughs> well, nice. I have a Microsoft computer, so it's the it's the default search engine. And you. um, I saw that. I'm like, what the hell? And then I had to go watch the clip, realizing I'd already seen <sighs> the clip, but I didn't realize it at the time. Right. It's Honestly, sad that we didn't think got, much about it at the time. That's what I was going to say. I was like, I, I don't look at it like at the time. I don't, I didn't think much of it. Now looking at, okay, I understand what it is now. 
You know, right? Well, you don't think about stuff like that when you're watching it, though. You know, I mean, like years ago. Right. Well, apparently some people did think about it because backstage, Ernest Miller was legitimately furious about it. And it became a tense situation. These two ended up getting into a fight pretty soon thereafter. I'm going to put I'm going to put a thousand on the cat. How dare you? Buff is the stuff. Uh, I know. I know. He's I know he's Bischoff's like one of Bischoff's best friends. But, man, he talks him up like he's an absolute killer. And I don't. yeah. Yeah. And I don't disbelieve him either. But. Hey, he's he's a real life karate man. I mean, that's legit. Apparently, for those who don't know, he was Garrett Bischoff's karate teacher. Yeah, taught him how to kick bullies' asses. So there you go. Right there, you go. Here's the the last bit of news. Here, ECW is getting a ton of mainstream publicity leading into their debut on TNN this uh, this month. Entertainment Weekly had a story on ECW with a picture of Spike Dudley going through a flaming table. <laughs> Why not? The story talked about ECW being more brutal than WWF and WCW. Eric Bischoff was quoted in the story saying, quote, if they bring that formula to TNN and TNN doesn't discipline itself, I think wrestling in general will suffer. Well, God dang, get that man a crystal ball. (laughs) I think it lasts about one year. So, right. Yeah. So he's not wrong. Well, as uh, as as Jim Cornette would would say, well, wouldn't you look who won the pony? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not even being sarcastic. When I think of ECW, that's what I think of a flaming table. Yeah. Because, because that's wrestling. I think of New Jack with a shopping cart full of garbage. But wow. I go a I little mean, bit more when I think of New Jack. I think of like a, a staple gun in his hand. But, you oh know, God. I'm sure that gun is in that in that uh, thing full of garbage. So, <laughs> And a real gun at that. All right. Here's the final thing. ECW caught a lot of heat this month for a tasteless promo that Joel Gertner paused for shock, but about the recent death of John F. Kennedy Jr., who died in a plane crash in the ocean a week or so before this frickin' promo. <sighs> Gertner's promo included jokes about the size of JFK Jr.'s cockpit and joked that the plane crashed because he was having a mid-air threesome with the other two women on the plane. He also joked about Ted Kennedy's drinking and his 1969 Chappaquiddick incident. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Or don't. And he ended the promo by saying that if JFK Jr. could talk right now, he'd say, glub, glub, glub. Wow. That's just... Mm -hmm. And this the, is the this is the filth that people still chant for. The promo aired on most of the TV shows, though it was edited out of the NYC syndicated show. Oh, God, we don't, want, you know, just don't offend them. Yeah, everyone else. F you look, I have laughed multiple times at Joel Gertner. I've loved his promos in the past, filthy or not. But this like. Why? The innuendos are are funny. Uh, yeah. But this. Why? What the hell? What tickets were you selling with this? Uh, was this on TNN too? I think it was right before they went on TNN. And they I still got to go on TNN. Yeah. Why didn't TNN see that and was like, nope, ripping up that contract now. Gosh. Yeah. Well, that does it for the news and notes, Greg. 
Now it's so, time, I think. So last week, we depressed everybody with uh, racism and porn. This week, we depressed them with making someone making fun of someone's death. That's nice. We're doing and, our part. <laughs> well, and more racism, Greg. Don't leave that out. Well, that's coming. Well, the blackface. The blackface right, but amazing. I mean. So there you go. Well, like, you know. There's, there's more. more yeah, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> if, if you're all worried that the racism is over on this podcast, buckle in. I think it's time, though, that we dive we into. To, just for future reference, we need to cover uh, a top uh, quality show because I think we're depressing people. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we covered some good stuff last oh, week. Oh, yeah, but definitely, definitely. The, yeah. News, yeah. the news wasn't so great, but. Eh, okay, like, maybe maybe it's not about shows. Maybe it's about picking shows in better eras. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I, we'll we'll have to find something somewhere along the line. I don't know. Well, that does it for the news and notes. We will be back with Road Wild 1999 on the other side of this real quick break. We'll return after these messages. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh. Got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. All right, Greg, do you uh, think it's time to dive into the actual event at hand we're covering today? Oh, we got more to go? I thought we were done. Oh, I know. I I, okay. I thought we hit it. I thought we hit our peak with Gertner talking about the death of JFK Jr. Let's do this. All right. If we uh, have anybody left, thank you for sticking around. Yeah, we appreciate your, well, I can't say patronage because you're not paying for anything, but, um, well, you're paying for it with your, your time and your sanity, maybe, but... But here we go, man. If you really want to hear about Road Wild 1999, because why wouldn't you? Right. August 14th, 1999 took place at the Sturgis Rally and Race in Sturgis, South Dakota. The attendance was unofficially or I I guess unofficially 5,500. And they made a whopping zero dollars at the gate because not a damn person paid to get in there. I think that's one of the biggest fails of doing this crap. Right. Well, Bischoff said he considered it a lost leader because he said, well, if we pander to the motorcycle crowd and this and that, it helps us get sponsorships that we can promote to them. And what it, I don't think it panned out all that well. I mean, maybe Pennzoil. That was about no, it. Pennzoil was from the NASCAR thing. All right. Well, there you go. So I <laughs> so this did nothing. They were hoping to get like beer sponsorships and stuff. And it See, never that, happened. That makes sense. Right. And well, he's he he talked about that, and, and it never came to fruition. So he did three of these turds for nothing. Was it was three, it th- three or four? No, I think it's four. Ninety six, ninety seven, four. ninety eight, ninety. Yeah, it's four. Okay, okay. So okay, you're making yeah. my point even worse. <laughs> right. Uh, 
But anyway, about this, sh- or oh, I'm sorry, the buy rate. The buy rate was 200,000 buys, which translated to 0.55. God, that's actually not bad for this crap. Who looked at this? It was, I mean, maybe the build up to the main event, but I just can't see looking at this card and going, God dang, I got to give them my money. Well, hey, Nash's last match ever, dude. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, spoilers. All right. God. <laughs> okay, um, hold on. His possible last match ever. There. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Hogan's possible last match ever. But anyway, but about this show, Uncle well, Dave said that. I only saw five of those. But... Great. Uncle Dave had said that nearly every match was bad. The crowd of non-wrestling fans sucked. The atmosphere sucked, and so on and so forth. Basically, it looked like a cheap indie show. And of course, the company made no money off the event since it's free for everyone in Sturgis at the bike rally, meaning that WCW left a good $200,000 to $300,000 on the table in gate money, which is a terrible decision for a company that's facing a massive decline in revenue already. I mean, why not? I can't hear sponsors. Well, I'm right. And I can't sit here and say, you know, I never like pump up Uncle Dave and oh, he's right and whatever. But I mean, it's hard to really sit here and disagree with anything. Honestly, honestly, when you were talking about his review of the show as a whole, I'm like looking at the date and the time right now. I'm like, mark it down the day. I fully agree with Dave Meltzer has. (laughs) Holy. Yeah. Holy hell. Right. This is a. This is something, man. Well, and the even, opening... a, even a blind squirrel, right? <laughs> well, he is a nut. <laughs> right. the, the opening promo package, to me, just showed that Hulk Hogan threw the weakest chair shots in history. Did you notice that? He was like, uh, dink- now that you mention it, he was like dinking everybody. He wasn't even like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want him to go ahead and just full on blast someone in the head, ECW style. You're making a sound, but okay. Yeah, but he just walked up and was like, with, and half of them look like padded chairs too. He'd walk up and be like, bink. I'm like, hot damn, that chair shot couldn't break an egg. It, it just looked terrible. Also, Tony Giovanni looks like a complete douchebag. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get one of our listeners to <laughs> pop for that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, am I wrong? He's wearing like a oh. he's wearing the old Triple H oh, he, leather he hat backwards. Like he, was, he looked like he was trying to be a biker, like for like. Oh, hold on, let me, let me rephrase this. He looked like he was trying to be a part of a cool biker gang and misdressed for it. He looked like somebody's dad at the barbecue. Like I don't, <laughs> all I can think of is wild hogs. Ah, yeah. What's I love oh, that oh. Movie, by the way? But uh, yeah, very very yeah. underrated movie. <laughs> May, uh, William H. Macy's character, <laughs> where he got the Apple logo tattooed yes. on it. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's what he looked like to me. And, of course, his chair was jacked all the way up, so he looked like he was like Andre sitting next to everybody. Mother of God. That was something Conrad started pointing out. He was like, you ever notice that? His chair was all jacked up. Uh, according to rumor and innuendo, he wanted that. Well, yeah, he always wanted to look taller than everybody else. I don't know why, but... But this first match, man, this is where well, I'll just tell you what the match is first. Vampiro and the Insane Clown Posse of Violent J and Shaggy Two Dope. They had Raven in their corner. They were the Deadpool at the time. They took on the team of Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman. And it went on for just shy of 12 and a half freaking minutes, which I was not prepared for. And I believe Conan was uh, uh, joining the Mile High Club at this time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this was... I don't know. This is where a friend of the show, Ramon, 
I told him we were reviewing this show. He said, I'll go watch it. Because I, I told him, I said, I was about halfway through the show, and I was like, there are similar finishes to like three different matches on the card. And yeah, he's like, and just I was going to use that later, but okay. Yeah, well, well, we'll talk about it. But that was that was what I I hyped to him, and he was like, I got to see this for myself. And he said, and he sent me a message that says, turns on Road Wild 1999, season St. Clown Posse in the first match turns off Road Wild 1999. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so okay. <laughs> uh, on that, by the way, like you're going to start out a show. That's nothing but bikers, and you're going to bring out the insane clown posse to start the show. In their defense, I, I want to hear this. Ju- I saw a few juggalos in the crowd. I don't did know. Did you defense, or did someone but... pay them to wear this stuff? And they, hey, just look like this. Hey, they uh, they appealed to various demographics. I guess. And like I you, don't know. like you always tell me, hey, twenty dollars is twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? God dang it. First thing I noticed when they came out, the WWE obviously only had to pay pennies on the dollar to license ICP's actual music for this entrance because they didn't dub it over. They're still using, if anybody knows any ICP music, cares at all, or just, you know, for factoids or whatever, uh, it was uh, Take It by Insane Clown Posse was what the Deadpool used. Well, they yeah, they made that for WCW. Oh, really? Well, I did yeah, not... it's on their Mayhem album. That song oh. was made specifically for WCW. Well, that makes more sense. Uh, it blows my mind, by the way, that Mike Tanay is sitting there spitting out ICP facts on commentary. Well, he was the professor, and they, and I use this loosely, are wrestlers, or at least promoters, right? Did they have Jason uh, at the time? I think, or they were about to, one of the two. But, yeah, just it's funny hearing Mike Tanay, he's like, well, guys, they're wearing these jerseys with Jack and Jake Jekyll on them. They're from their new album. I'm like, God dang it, Mike. What the hell? Because when I think of the ICP album, I think of Mike Tanay. <laughs> yeah, and he's just spitting out all these this stuff. I'm like, uh, sure. I'm sure you can tell us like what your favorite song is, right, Mike? <laughs> I also said this to... Well, these are two notes that me and me and Ramon came up with talking about the match. Rey Mysterio is the cruiserweight champion here, right? Right. No championship, no title around his waist. Well, would you want to bring gold to Sturgis? I wish you had to. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, I also said he looks like baby Joker from next Friday. (laughs) You get it. I do. Uh, Vampiro does most of the work for his team. The match ends with Billy Kidman hitting Shaggy 2-dope with a shooting star press with a pinfall victory. I can't believe those words left my mouth. Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I gave it one and a half. I gave it one. I was like, oh, man. I almost wanted to give it two because I love Kidman and Mysterio, but yeah. that's not enough for me to bump it up. Sorry. So There wasn't anything like botched and crappy or anything. But it was just blah it was so boring i don't know and this is a theme we're gonna see later the commentators like anytime icp hit like an actual wrestling move they popped like it was a finisher like wow they can really wrestle yeah if you call that wrestling sure we'll we'll see that later we'll get into it but next match real wrestlers here the jersey triad team of canyon and bam bam bigelow they're defending the wcw tag team championships playoff 
against the uh, ironic that I said it that way, but against the Harlem Heat, <laughs> Booker T and Stevie Ray, who just reformed Harlem Heat. And this match went just over 13 minutes. In the end, here's another recurring theme. DDP runs down. He's the third member of the triad, by the way. He runs he's down. The third he, man. <laughs> he hops on the apron. Stevie Ray throws Bam Bam Bigelow into DDP. Bam Bam staggers and Booker T nails a missile drop kick, allowing Stevie F and Ray to pin him for the win. Uncle Dave gave it one star. I gave it one and a half. The match kind of uh, sucked. I gave it a one as well. Yeah, this was not to not jump ahead. We're going to see a reoccurring theme with these numbers. Anyways. <laughs> yes. I just many, many reoccurring themes on the show. That's that match was just, I expected more from these guys. Not well. I three mean, out of if four GDP had been in this, it probably would have got another star. Maybe. Yeah. Well, like I was saying, I expected more out of three out of four of these men. Stevie Ray, I expect absolutely nothing ever from him. And I, and you know what, Greg, I'm never less, nef, never left disappointed. No, you're not. Yeah. So he because may I, even, he may even over deliver at times too. Yeah. Because I expected nothing. I was given nothing. And <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Speaking of expecting Stevie Ray's greatest moments ever will be him entering the arena and talking to the camera. As he's walking down the ramp, that's going to be his. I'm sorry. Wow, I I only vaguely remember that. That's why he did that in all their entrances. He would yell into yeah. the camera as the camera was like with, walking with him. And then Booker would accidentally drop the N word. Right. <laughs> that's just anyway. Uh, the next... you know what though, he was there to to make Booker T like shine, and yeah, now Booker's a six time champ and a two time Hall of Famer. So. There you go. Right. Job done. Yeah. Well, okay. I got to ask your, your opinion on this because they said this on commentary. They said that Harlow Heat was the tag team of the 90s. They beat that to death. Yeah, they did. I mean, do you agree, though? Or I, I mean, mean would... I, I'll, I'll say this. I think they had the longest tenure of any team in the 90s and all of and being liberal with this, all three big companies. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe they were because of that. I think as far as WCW goes, absolutely. Yeah. As far as all three companies, um, I'd really have to think about it. You get, I mean, there's not I, many I teams know. that had longevity in the 90s like them. That's true. So, I mean, they may be they might be right. I mean, unless you're talking like late 90s into 2000s, but that doesn't oh, cover the whole decade. That would become the New Age Outlaws, but... Yeah, New Age Outlaws, and then I would say the Dudleys, but they Dudleys were more late 90s, early 2000s, I think, is when they really flourished. But, man, you want to talk about expecting nothing and getting it, man. Up next, <laughs> we got a six-man tag match between the West Texas Rednecks team of Kurt Hennig, Barry Windham, and Bobby Duncombe Jr. They had Kendall Windham with them. They took on the Revolution, which was... Shane Douglas, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko. The match went just shy of 11 minutes. They start off the match with, I guess, they didn't know which rednecks they'd be facing. So all four of them came down, and then Perry Saturn was like, hey, pick three and get in the ring. We'll beat all your asses. I just, I got to pause and like laugh at, you said, which rednecks they'd be facing. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, they could be talking about the the people in Sturgis as well. By the way, I think you might be a redneck. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think the West Texas Rednecks were effing 
over in Sturgis, by the way. Dude, I I would argue they're over everywhere. Go back and watch some of their stuff when they come out. People are cheering and, and singing the song and stuff when they come out. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but they had to put a they had to put an end to it because it was supposedly racist to say that rap was crap. Well, I mean, uh, they're not wrong, but they added. Well, that's if you're saying that you know rap is only for one skin color. They okay, were... I didn't say all that. I just meant I yeah. like the genre, but yeah. Well, it's like I I think it's like how is it racist? I mean, yeah, they put them up against teams who genuinely like rap. Well, like well, they you know, bring the... in the the No Limit soldiers who are like you know they're all black guys, and the West yeah. Texas Rednecks are all white guys, and they're saying, hey, your music's crap. Yeah, I can see how they got that. Definitely. Yeah. But this is going on for the premise. But by the way, I, I didn't know this. Swole is no longer with the company, by the way, because he was arrested for owing like a crap ton in back child support. Wow. Yeah. So there's that little tidbit for you. I always thought Swole was Ice Train. Oh my gosh. I did. I mean, okay, uh, okay. Let's let's pause and it's not because they're both huge, like like buff, uh, you know, African American guys. I yeah. just thought it was the same guy because he hadn't seen Ice Train in years. Yeah, you know, I just, he just like disappeared, and then he came oh. back as uh, Smooth or Mi Smooth. Like, okay, it's not him. Okay. Yeah, because we all missed Ice Train. No, uh, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just you know, like, I'm, oh, right, yeah. Oh, like, oh, that's what he's doing now. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately. Ken Wyndham gets involved multiple times in this match, breaking stuff up with his cowbell behind the referee's back. Saturn eventually pins Duncan with a Death Valley driver. The Rednecks get into a bit of a post-match scuffle with the Revolution before being chased off. Uncle Dave gave this three-fourths of a star. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two. I didn't hate. I mean, well, I didn't like it, but it was not one like, oh, God, let's just fast forward. You know, it was another one of those. But it it was, did, yeah, it was it, okay. It, it dragged, but... Right, yeah, it was okay to sit through for a few minutes. Okay, let I'll me also put it like this. This is the match of the night so far. <laughs> yeah, it's not saying much. <laughs> well, if you want to up the ante of everything, man, Ernest the Cat Miller and Sonny Ono come out next looking like complete douchebags in their leather motorcycle riding gear. I think this Bobby Heenan... the uh, second they look like douchebags uh, comment of the podcast. Let's give me more yeah. we can get. Yeah, it's it's coming. Well, I think it was Bobby Heenan said that Sonny Ono looked like he was about to land on an aircraft carrier. What? Because he looked like a like a leather clad pilot. I miss that. That yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. He, he he said he looks like he's about to land on the Intrepid or something like that. Wow. <laughs> I, I laughed. By the way, Miller is wearing Rebel flag fingerless gloves. Okay. Take a pause for that for a moment. Ramon texted me and went, holy crap, cat's gloves. <laughs> Can we just point out for those who might not know, Ernest yeah. Miller is a black man. He he oh, is. He is uh, definitely just, black. Just, just put that. You do what you want with that. But yeah, he was wearing rebel flag. There you go. And he would hold his hands up so you could plainly see them in front of his face. Ah. <laughs> uh, for Cat's pre-match promo. Okay, I mean, he's probably appealing. Oh, God, this could be very stereotypical. He's probably trying to appeal to the audience there, to be fair. I mean. Well, he was he was healing it up, so I don't think he was trying to appeal to anyone. Well, but, yeah. I, that's all I can think of. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. 
anyway, he for Cat's pre-match promo, I don't know if you missed this. I think he had to ask David Tenzer where the hard cam was. I saw him yesterday. Oh my! Yeah, well, because he he goes over and he he yells something to Penzer, and then Penzer motions towards the camera like it's over there. I'm like, wow. oh gosh, uh, the motorcycles are revving up too much, not letting Miller speak. They did this earlier to Canyon, by the way, and the, so they don't like uh, black people and gay people. Just you know, okay, let's. Hey, in their defense, at the time we didn't know Canyon was gay. I don't know if that's a defense, but. There you go. Just real quick, uh, why would you go here and have black wrestlers here? Okay. I just... Hey, to this day, Eric Bischoff does not believe that any of them were racist. And he got Booker mad. Booker T on his, on his podcast flat out said every single one of them were calling him the N where he's walking out. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Bischoff claims that was only a couple people and it wasn't a, a widespread thing. And he got mad at Conrad for implying that, well, maybe the Harlem Heat would have got over more if they were white. He's and it's not, not wrong there. I mean, yeah. So Bischoff denies it to this day, but I don't know. But anyway, speaking of douchebags, Buff Bagwell, he comes wow. out. <laughs> Cat, I like him, so screw you. Appar- apparently, you and Ramon both did. I never, ever saw the appeal of Buff Daddy. I just didn't. I, I feel like I, we were, yeah, he and I were just talking. This must have been why this came up. Um, yeah, it is actually, I think about it. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like he had that it factor. Yeah, I don't know. He was somewhat entertaining. He was different, kind of, but I don't know. I just, I kind of wanted to see the blockbuster and then I wanted him to get the hell out of the way so I could see Steiner. That's really all I cared uh, about with him. I wanted him out of the way so I can see Steiner. As a kid, I like mm. Scott Steiner. I kind of like him as an adult, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I I was at Super Brawl when he turned, and that's when I started hating his guts forever, and I never liked him after. <laughs> well, I mean, Jackie, points points for him being a Michigan guy, but you know, no oh, f off with that one. That's that's the thing I hate the most about his his <laughs> ham cube loving ass. <laughs> the cat keeps trying to talk, and the motorcycles keep revving. Buff finally grabs the mic and says, "You're not a crowd favorite." If you know what I mean. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, what were we just talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that happened. I, also on this, by the way, I liked the cat too, man. I thought he was hilarious. I never got into him either. Oh, I really? don't know. Yeah. I just thought the, I mean, the dancing and the over the top with the James Brown music. just, I don't know. There's something about it. I just, I liked it. I laughed and. I thought he was a really good wrestler, too. As a kid, I just, I don't know. I just cared about the, the, the top guys, mostly. I mean, there were a few underneath guys that I liked, like oh, Eddie. <laughs> what the hell? But to the actual match here, Ernest Miller, Ernest Cat Miller with uh, Sonny Ono in his corner, taking on Buff Bagwell. They went about seven and a half minutes. The crowd chants Pussycat at Miller for quite a while. Probably the, sure nicest thing, the nicest thing they could have chanted at him, probably. <laughs> yeah. Someone in the crowd has a trombone and they blow it every now and then with a big move. Did you notice that? I did. I was like, uh, are Vuvuzela's a thing yet? Yeah, I was like, it was was uh, young. Well, it's at Sturgis, so I can definitively say no. But otherwise, I'd be like, is a young Xavier Woods in the crowd? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, every time, like somebody would do a oh, leapfrog. He's, a, he's and- in Atlanta and getting a PhD being smarter than all of us. So. 
Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, it was funny because somebody would hit a leapfrog and you'd hear. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy crap. I just wanted somebody to yell out tricep meat. <laughs> ah, but to the actual match here. Here we go again. In the end, Ono gets on the apron. Buff throws the cat into him and then rolls the cat up with the worst O'Connor roll I've ever seen and gets the win. By the way, before the show, or I'm sorry, let, let me wrap this up. After the match, oh, Miller man, over. I love <laughs> this match. <laughs> after the match, Miller beat Buff down, and then Sonny Ono mocked Buff's dance and pose. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I gotta be real with you. The highlight of the match for me. <laughs> Yeah, Sonny Ono. Is I laughed so hard. I, I know a short little dumpy Asian dude in leather, trying to look like a biker, doing Buff's dance and then posing. I laughed out loud so hard with that. I'm like, damn it, Sonny. But before the show, apparently Bagwell and Miller got into a backstage fight over what the finish of their match would be. Bagwell was originally booked to lose, but threw a fit, complaining that he had been left laying on TV in the last few weeks, and he should go over. It escalated, and Bagwell tried to slap Miller, which led to Miller landing two solid punches to Bagwell's face, and then getting tied uh, tied up on the ground uh, by Miller until they were broken up. Bagwell's right elbow and forearm got scraped up in the fall. Apparently, you can visibly see it during the match. I, I wasn't paying attention. I but, just don't understand yeah. why you would test a, a, a three-time world karate champion. Well, because if anybody hurts Buff, they're going to have to deal with Judy. That's you don't true. want to deal with Judy. Former tag team champion. Exactly. On a forklift. Uncle Dave gave this a dud. I gave it one and a half stars. What do you say? I want to know where the hell you get your half star from. I mean, this is... I Maybe one. <laughs> Looking back at I... it. I... I wanted to give this a zero, but I don't believe in giving matches a zero unless they don't ever happen. So I said one, but man, this was just a mess. <laughs> it was booty. Well, it gets better. It really does. I swear it does. I mean, not a ton better, but it gets better. Yeah, Up but, next- you know, I mean, getting better after this. I mean, yeah. Molina versus Alicia Fox is probably better than this. My gosh, you said that. Well, up next, we got Chris Benoit defending the United States Championship in a no disqualification match against Diamond Dallas Page. The match went 12 minutes, 14 seconds. This whole feud has been built up on DDP claiming that Chris Benoit just doesn't have what it takes to be a top guy. And DDP constantly doing yo mama jokes on Benoit. I mean, not literal yo mama, but I mean, basically. I mean, did I miss anything in this feud? I I'm trying to remember how it that, started. Well, that's what this whole feud, at least the promo package and the commentary, that's what it was built on. Well, this is when DDP was going through his change and like all of a sudden was trying to be, um, I don't know, like they were trying to channel DX or something. Well, all he did was insult Benoit's mother repeatedly, week in, week out. And speaking of which, when he gets to the ring, DDP that is, he apologizes Pronouns, to Benoit. Huh? He apologizes to Benoit for talking bad about his mom and says. I know you love your mother, but so can anyone else for two ninety nine and Holy does, crap. Or, or two ninety nine a minute. Excuse me, and then he makes a phone signal with his hand. Me, Jean's offended. God, scheme, Gene. That's my nine hundred number. How dare you, damn it! How dare you sully the good name of my nine hundred line? <laughs> 
my gosh. But this was just the... At one point, DDP slapped Charles Robinson and took his belt because he freaking could. It's no disqualification, pal. He has Benoit in the Tree of Woe, and he whipped him with the belt repeatedly. DDP repeatedly tries to hang Benoit, and that made me a little uncomfortable. I mean... I, I didn't even piece that together until just now. Yeah, he wrapped the belt around his neck, and then he hung him. And I went, oh, God. It's just... It's rough. But anyway, uh, the Revolution root for Benoit in the back, watching a monitor. While Bam Bam Bigelow runs in, and he splashes Benoit off the top rope for a near fall. Again, Canyon gets on the freaking apron. Benoit forces him to collide with Bam Bam, and then into DDP. And then Benoit hits a flying headbutt on DDP, and he gets the win. Uncle Dave said that this was the only good match on the entire show. And he gave it three and one four stars. I gave it three. What do you say? I gave it three as well. Loved it. Yeah. That ending, though. I mean, am I wrong? This was the third time we've seen it gets up on the apron and collides with someone. For God's sake. Like a staple. Yeah, it's like it's it was comical at this point. I'm like every effing match. Somebody gets on the apron. Somebody else hits him. He gets rolled up for the win. At least this one he actually and hit. And a motorcycle revs. Don't forget that. Yeah. Hey, nobody's looking at us. You sound like Cartman when he was getting eaten by global warming. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like I always think of the, the South Park episode where I'm not gonna say what they called the, the, the bikers, but they thought they were referring to gay people, but they said, nah, we never call gay people that. That's what we call the motorcycle guys that come through town. What the hell? <laughs> and, and the motorcycle guys would yeah, come through town. Like every, <laughs> and everybody hated the, the motorcycle guys because they would come through town once a year and like be super loud and disturb everybody. And they were sitting in a diner and they're like, nobody's looking at us. We need to do something. And then one guy's like, I remember that when they come through town. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and they spray painted and the kids spray painted go home, you know, on on a wall. And the gay people in town were like, I thought we were over this. And they're like, no, 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 we don't mean you. We're talking about the motorcycle guys. And then they passed an actual bill that that word would only refer to motorcycle riders. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the South Park, guys. It's on HBO Max if all of you get it. So there's that. Chad Diabani, who I never heard of in my life is with a bunch of biker chicks and he gives away an American iron horse motorcycle in a contest. It goes to Darnell Potter of Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Got a rep for my state. Yeah. The old Cleveland biker gang. Is that a thing? Uh, I think they're more Italian, but I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong up next. Sid vicious versus sting. This goes for 10 minutes, 40 seconds. Sid Vicious just took the name The Millennium Man. And by the way, it sounds like WWE Network kept his actual theme in. Uh, uh, yeah, for a couple of things they didn't edit it out. I'm guessing just someone missed it. Yeah, I I was glad. I loved his WCW theme. I, Honestly, the one they dub in is not bad. It just doesn't fit him. Yeah, I've, I haven't heard it. So I'll have to go back. Look and it check up on it YouTube. Out. Just Sid WWE Network dub theme. So it's, okay. not, it's not that bad. I'm shocked like they don't said, dub in his WWE theme. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, Sid was apparently on an undefeated streak since coming back to WCW. We'll talk about that more in a minute. This was a decent match. I felt 
Sid was nearly, he nearly no-sells a superplex. He gets up and he stumbles to the corner. Sting tries for a stinger splash, but gets caught by the throat, and Sid hits a choke slam for a clean win. The announcers, by the way, repeatedly claim that Sid has a winning streak that rivaled Goldberg's old streak, and Uncle Dave pointed out that he doesn't know what they were smoking. He said, <laughs> for starters, almost every TV match that Sid had has uh, since coming back has ended in a DQ, and he's been losing nearly every match since he's wrestled on the house shows. So he only wins on TV. And he oh, said, counts. yeah, and I guess I also, uh, or he also noted with the internet becoming so popular in 1999, people aren't being fooled by commentary bullcrap anymore. Uncle Dave gave this one and a half stars. I gave it two and a half for average. What do you say? Uh, I said two only because I thought like it got fun like towards the last part. Yeah. I don't think it was a bad match. And well, I thought it was fun I, at the beginning because they battled all around the ring. Not to jump ahead, but Sting is literally going to go from this to the world title and turning heel the next month. Wow. Jobbing out <laughs> so, clean to Sid Vicious at Road Wild. He must be doing this as a huge favor because he's about to hit gold with the title. No pun intended. But Great. with a horrible heel turn, too. So that part is stupid. But yeah. Well, something that didn't hit gold up next. It was Rick Steiner versus Goldberg. We uh, this this one went on for five, just over five and a half minutes. Pretty straightforward match. Can I go back on everything I ever said and just say zero out of the gate? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? A pretty straightforward match. Steiner dominated early in the match, ripping off Goldberg's knee brace, and then he used it as a weapon. But the, and the and the commentator said, "Well, it's not no DQ, but it, it's legal because Goldberg brought it into the match. Who cares?" <laughs> Doesn't mean you could take it that's off. And why, beat somebody with that's it. why. That's why. That's why Hollywood Hogan got to beat everyone with his weight belt all those years. Now I get. I it. guess so. Now yeah. I get. It. Right. Yeah. Because he never disqualified him for smacking people with the weight belt. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna wear. Uh, I'm just gonna wear a, a chair around my neck into the match. <laughs> wow. I guess that'll work. Okay. If you wear it into the ring, therefore you can use it. Why do they hide brass knuckles in their trunks? Right. <laughs> just pull them out. And be like, hey. I had him on me. <laughs> hey, that still applies to this day, right? Because Bianca Belair always uses her hair. So the hair thing I can get behind because it's like, all right, it's literally a part of her. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's extensions, whatever. But still, so the end of this match out of nowhere, Goldberg just nailed a spear. I was not expecting it. It was just like, oh, there's a spear and then a jackhammer. Then he wins. Uncle Dave gave it one and one four star. I gave it two stars for below average. What do you say? God, I love Goldberg. You know that. But man, this match was atrocious. It was boring. I gave it it one star. And I just like, man, I almost part of me wanted to say zero. I see a match like this and I start thinking, okay, now I see why I can give a zero and be fair. Wow. (laughs) It was terrible. It was very blah. This is coming from someone who will try to find the good in any Goldberg match. But yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was it was something, man. I'll I'll say that. I only give it a, a one because you know Michigan. Anyways, oh yeah, yeah. real proud of that. <laughs> Why I, are we friends? <laughs> How are we friends? <laughs> I, there was this there was this commercial years ago that showed a guy in a Michigan sweater and his girlfriend in an Ohio State sweater, and they were making out, and it said this wouldn't be gross without sports. Wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, eh, eh. 
if anything ever happens to me and my wife, I will never date a Michigan fan. I mean, I lowered my standards by dating a and marrying a Bengals fan, but you know, we get over that. Either way, something I would think about that would be more honestly. I mean, because yeah. they're, they, yeah, that's twice a year versus once a year. Yeah, and, but it's not that era, needed in the era that we're in. You know that you know, except for this coming year, I really believe you know that Ohio is going to win. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, Ohio State is not going to lose. It's just they, it's it's kind of a foregone conclusion. No, no, this, this is point. the year. This is the year. I'm telling you. He said that in the last two years. I was joking. <laughs> okay. Well, third we'll time's see. charm. Okay, I was just I was, you know, just trying to make you feel better. Now the all right foot yeah. on throat this year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't understand why you like the Harbaugh brothers. They suck. I don't like the Harbaugh brothers. It's just my dad was from Michigan, so. It's a uh, no a family loyalty thing. So yeah. Well, this next match, man, talk about lowering standards. Dennis Rodman versus Macho Man Randy Savage went for <sighs> eleven and a half minutes. This feud was built on Dennis Rodman sneak attacking Randy Savage and then kidnapping Gorgeous George, his girlfriend. When Savage got her back, he swore to take care of Rodman before allowing George to ever come back to WCW. So. Help me out here, because you were watching at the time, right? I saw somebody brag about, but yeah. Okay, was I was under the impression that Savage was a heel. Was it, he was a heel. Well, actually, going into this, I believe Rodman's the face, believe it or not. Rodman, I thought, was a heel. Going into this match, he was kind of like the face. I see, again, again I thought he was a heel, and he kidnapped his girlfriend. <laughs> Who does that? Well, she was a stripper, and Rodzilla likes strippers. What do you not get about that? Oh my gosh! I, I gosh. wish I, I wish I was joking. Hey, I just blah, 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 blah. this this made no sense. Is Global Warming eating you again? And he was definitely yeah, he was definitely the heel in this. Well, before the match starts, Rodman asks Macho Man, "Where's my bee? I'll clean it up." And then Macho Man had the line of the night, I think. He said, tonight, you're my bee. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. Uh, Every move that Rodman... This was the the time where I really noticed this, by the way. Every move that Rodman does, the announcers pop like it's a finisher. Like, my God, he's for real. Did you notice that? I mean, I did, but I didn't, like, notice, like, oh, it's Rodman, but yeah. Yeah. He slammed him. what a yeah, every, yeah, every move that Rodman did, they were like, holy crap, he did that to perfection. Like, did he, though? Uh, but, yeah, I, this is where I made the most, this match I made the most notes on, uh, just because of all the stuff that happened. Try to keep up, people. Uh, I just wanted this match to end, but okay. At one point, Rodman intentionally takes out referee Billy Silverman, and he's replaced by Mickey J. Keep in mind, this is not no DQ, by the way. Mickey Henson. Yeah. Macho Man then knocks out the WCW magazine editor, or no, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, uh, he knocked out the magazine editor and then uses his camera as a weapon, I believe, or I I don't know. And then he knocked out Mickey J. And then he knocked out referee Scott Dickinson. Rodman gets thrown into a porta potty by Macho Man, and then Savage tips it over while the commentary is just like retching, almost vomiting over this. <laughs> Uh, later Rodman, and that was probably not the dirtiest place Rodman had been in a 24 hour period. I would say the, in that day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, later Rodman accidentally takes out a fourth referee with a flying clothesline. 
Gorgeous George now comes down because now we can cheat. <laughs> gorgeous got, George got, all the, got all the specifics out of the way. <laughs> yeah, right. She comes down and she hands Savage a chain. Before leaving, she kicks Rodman in his worm. Yeah. For those of you that don't get the reference, his basketball nickname was The Worm, and they, they pump that up on commentary as well. They even announce him when he's coming out as like, uh, one of the top rebounders in the history of the National Basketball Association. Like, okay. Savage then nails a punch with a chain-wrapped fist, and he pins Rodman for the win, because Rodman was not taking that effing elbow drop. Rodman's on-again, off-again ex-wife, Carmen Electra, was supposed to be there for the finish, but I guess they're off again, so Savage's girlfriend, Gorgeous George, did the spot instead. Whatever. <laughs> it's just blah i uncle dave gave this one one and one four star i gave it two and a half for average because i thought it was kind of fun what do you say i gave it two only because i i'm not gonna say enjoyed it but i had some chuckles i yeah (laughs) i don't want to say i enjoyed it i don't want to say that but it was a fun garbage match i'll say that and it's just like they're, they were building up Savage as the most dangerous man in professional wrestling and all of sports, the most dangerous man. Look at him. He's knocking out referees like, eh. did that go? Well, like, did that really go anywhere? No, I think he's gone after this. And we don't see him again until the new blood. Oh, well, I'm pretty like sure he's gone. Like I never, <laughs> and it's only for like 30 seconds at the end of an uh, episode of Thunder. And then we never see him again. Good Lord. Well, I think I, I'm at the think about it but i think this is his last wcw match ever damn i mean what, what a way a w- to go out right right hey do you beat dennis rodman on pay-per-view how many people can say that i just mm. let's move on to the main event shall we <laughs> it's uh, uh it's wait, wait i thought this was the main event <laughs> yeah main event anywhere in the world man <laughs> we'll return after these messages enjoy thanks the order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Now, back to our program. The main event of the night, what we all came to see, but nobody paid to see, was Hulk Hogan. Uh, when I was a kid, this is why I wanted to watch this, to be fair. So i got to be yeah. honest. Okay, I take it back. Anybody on pay-per-view did pay to see this. Anybody there in person, nobody paid to see this. This was Hulk Hogan back in the red and yellow. He finally turned the corner. He was the good guy again. He was been putting it over strong on tv as hollywood hogan and then he finally came out wasn't it a six-man tag like him goldberg and sting yeah against uh S- sid steiner and uh nash yeah yeah so this was, that. <laughs> that, that was a big thing that that event he came out he was the last person to come out they hit American made which Cody Rhodes claims is better than real Americans so I can't trust anything Cody says now that are you, hits. Are you feeling okay yeah I love you Cody but no but that music hits the red and yellow lights go crazy he comes out in his old gear ripping the shirt and everything so he's back to the old Hulk no more Hollywood that was one yeah. of the greatest moments in the history of Nitro 
the greatest night in the history of our great sport. And he's defending the WCW World's Heavyweight Championship against Kevin Nash in a loser-must-retire match. Uh, this went for 12 minutes, 18 seconds. Ramon pointed this out that Nash comes out rocking a very diesel-like attire. He's even got ah, his old yeah. diesel vest on. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Well, this is his uh, possible retirement match, so, you know. Well, yeah, got to kind of get in the mode hogan gets busted open at one point i missed it where he's not bleeding real bad just a little bit of blood but it's it's there hogan gets a bit of shine in the beginning but nash lays the heat in for quite a while dominating hogan he then manages to hit a jackknife powerbomb but hogan kicks out hogan then hulks up for the first time in years big boot leg drop that's all she wrote for kevin nash a crap ton of pyro, uh, fireworks blow for the win. No one took this stipulation seriously. And even Mark Madden on the WCW hotline called this a loser gets time off match. <laughs> Uncle Dave gave this thing a dud. I gave it one and a half stars just to be polite. What say you? I gave it one. This match sucked. It was it's bad. Bad. Terrible. Worst ever. It was just I'm like, you guys put this on pay-per-view. I don't get me wrong, the the name value and the stipulations, stipulations, bro, they alone were good enough. But the match itself, man, just no. <laughs> it was booty. We'll return after these messages. The air we breathe, the water we drink, the soil that grows food for our families. These basic elements are essential to healthy, happy lives. America's corn growers think so, too. Across the country, they're pitching in every day and doing the work to produce food and fuel that is healthy in a sustainable way. Go to ncga.com to learn more about how corn farmers grow a more sustainable future for us all. That's ncga.com. Now, back to our program. But the final rating of the show, man, uh, IMDB gave this a 5.9 out of 10. Cagematch.net was super harsh. They gave it a 2.57 out of 10. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. What say you? I, I gave it like a 3, man. I thought it was an F. F. F minus. Yeah, this show sucked this, so much ass. This may be the worst show we've reviewed. <laughs> What do you mean? Maybe <laughs> it's like no question. It is not even. It's not, well, there's not even a competition. I, I don't want to just turn people off from it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, this this was absolute complete garbage. Like I said, I only wanted to review it because it was the last Sturgis show ever. That's why and, I picked. Yeah, it's, I hope and, uh, DDP and Benoit's back wasn't hurting on carrying this crap. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it might have been. I mean, it certainly was a watch. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you should not watch it if you want to watch old WCW stuff. I do think the bad stuff appreciates some love, too. Right. Well, I don't know about you. My eyes are hurting after watching this. So we got to cleanse ourselves with the next one here. <laughs> we will. Next week, yes. ladies and gents, we are cleansing ourselves with some more SummerSlam. We're going back to New York, man. It's WWE Summer, excuse me, WWF SummerSlam 1998. It's coming up on August 19th. That's a that's a big one. It's got the the 
ladder match that I have a figure of uh, Triple H of, you know, from that match. I have The Rock. Nice. And then on August 26th, we're doing ECW Born to be Wired 1997. I would normally pump up what we're doing in the coming month, but there's some interesting stuff that we're going to be doing next month in September that I'll cover when we get closer to it. But right now, just know next week, We'll cleanse your palate with SummerSlam 1998 and then ECW Born to be Wired 97. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. That may compete with this show for worst we've done so far. I don't know yet. I, I've seen it. I just don't remember. I got to watch it now. That might I be a good I, thing. <laughs> it yeah. might not be. If it was good, I remember it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you got to rewatch it. All so right. oh. screw you. I hate you for that. <laughs> Well, next week, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to tune in and also go check out the archives. Lots of great stuff on there. And follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. It's at main event underscore marks on email. If you want to email us, uh, it's main event marks pod at gmail.com. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. And of course, always go to our YouTube. We got all the archived episodes on YouTube. Just search for main event marks is archived episodes plus some extra goodies that we've done on there some youtube exclusives yeah thanks for joining me today greg for this yeah for this yeah you're welcome and we'll see you all next week with SummerSlam 1998 buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters redfin agents can help they'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 